A very special guest who is in studio with us, and uh, we uh, we thank her for being here. Modern alchemist Adora Winquist, uh, who is a uh, a love and relationship expert and author uh, with over 20 years in the field of personal development, aromatherapy, vibrational medicine, and uh, she is an internationally renowned thought leader. We're, I want to find out what that is. I don't know. Maybe I fall in the category. In the arenas, however, of essential oils, transformation, healing from trauma, and the science of spirituality. And she is the founder of the the Soul Institute. The Soul Institute is a co-creative platform evolving human consciousness through the frequency of love. And thank you so much for being with us here today. It's really a pleasure to have you in studio. Oh, it's such a joy to be here with you, Richard. Thank you for having me. This is uh, a rarity only because it's difficult to get a video uh, rolling for uh, YouTube if I have uh, someone in studio, unless, of course, in your case, they bring their own laptop and the camera and the whole bit, and it, it seems to work out pretty well. Love to bring the magic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and there are times when the magic works, and then there are times when the magic doesn't work. But uh, we, uh, we uh, persevere just the same. You have an institute called The Soul Institute. Tell us a little bit about it. It sounds... Uh, uh, rather educational. Yes, yes. Well, the Soul Institute is my latest endeavor. I have been building businesses around the concept of healing, essential oils, aromatherapy, personal empowerment, and um, optimizing our human potential for the last two and a half decades. And the Soul Institute is a, a big and beautiful vision. Um, that I have to evolve human consciousness through the frequency of love. Because over the past 25 years, all of the threads of my work, whether it's a group uh, speeching or consulting or writing books or formulating essential oils, uh, you name it, all threads are tied in this beautiful tapestry of love. And so love is really the the journey that we are all brought to at some point in our lives, right? The journey within primarily. And so with the Soul Institute, my vision is to be able to activate over 25 million individuals to embody their soul purpose and thrive in all facets of their life. But you've hit on two elements that we focus on constantly on this program. Number one is one's soul's purpose, life's purpose, if you will. The other one is thriving. Uh, I, I used to say that, um, you know, we want to move from survival to thrival, thinking I had invented a word and turns out Webster had it all along, which is fine. You know, that's just fine. But that's really, it's really where we're going. My father, who just recently passed away at 91, uh, he, he, uh, I can, I can imagine, and even more than just imagine, because he did share with me some of his frustrations, uh, just over general living, and, and he's been here 91 years, he was born in 1931, mm -hmm. and the things that he went through, and the frustrations he's experiencing, and he's 30 years older than I am, and I'm frustrated in, in a sense, okay, my glass is still half full. All right. I'm a very optimistic person. But at the same time, I sit here and I watch the way the world is unfolding. And I'm going, really? Are you serious? Are we really doing this? Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, 
And then, of course, even within inst the institutions, whether it's education, whether it's religion, whether it's politics, a government, uh, finance, yeah. um, and so on and so forth. And, and some of the things that people are doing make absolute. it's almost as if they've disconnected their brain and they, or maybe a better analogy, because I have chickens, they are a chicken running around, running around without their head, just flailing and doing whatever, you know, whatever happens. And it's like, do you, do you know what the unintended consequences are going to be by virtue of the fact that you're not even thinking, you're not even problem solving, yeah. let alone listening to that still small voice inside, which is not a voice of chaos. Exactly. Well, I love what you said right there about connection and disconnection. And for me, it all comes back to this. And, you know, there's a, a beautiful Sue saying that it says that the longest journey that we take or make in life is from the mind to the heart. Mm. And so we, we are in this collective crisis right now on the global level. We are at an incredible time, of a pandemic, if you will, of mood-based discontent and disconnection. And so the other thing I love that you said is about paradigms, right? Because there's many different paradigms that we can look at life from, that we can look at our existence personally, each other, collectively, and we can start to say, what frame do, what lens do I want to use in my own personal consideration of what's happening around me? And if we come back to some of the beautiful principles of connecting mind back into our heart and Say, well, if I want to see anything outside of me, right, thinking back to the teachings of Gandhi, well, I must be, become the change that I wish to see. So how do we do that? Mm -hmm. and of course, that journey always brings us back to the heart space, um, which is why the, the focus and the mission and the vision of the Institute is working with the frequency of love so that we can take the places where we are in survival mode and we are suffering and we can transmute them and transform them into places of thriving. But that journey starts with us on the individual level, right? And then we can come together when, when we have a heart open, right? And our glass is half full and we can receive one another because we've been able to receive the love that's inside of us, right? And that is how we change everything, right? right? That is how we become a ripple effect of this love, this greater harmony and this greater potential that exists within us and within each and every moment. I, I want to ask you about the concept of dualism. Now, I struggled with it for a number of years and I have finally uh, not so much made peace with it as much as I've been able to eliminate it. Not to say that I'm still not uh, swayed, i.e. like being on the pendulum and I don't slide down and so forth. But um, what I am able to at least verbalize is, no, this is neither good nor bad. This is just the way it is. Mm. Like when you look, and I, I use the analogy of the macrocosmic and the microcosmic worlds. Mm. And they are moving around and doing their thing. And there's no judgment. Yeah. I mean, we humans, we ooh and awe. At what's happening, you know, it's pretty spectacular. Wow, you know, look at that. But that isn't that. That's more being in awe of, not passing judgment per se. Mm -hmm. But when we get to our level where we live, yeah. and survive and thrive and so on and so forth, 
we're passing judgment all over the place. All over the place. And I am am just I'm just sitting here going, isn't that what all of the ancient wisdom teachings are trying to tell us? Mm. That there is no good, bad, right, wrong, red, white, black, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It just is what it is. Yeah. And if you like, for example, in the Old Testament, it refers to you know God is speaking, saying, "I am." Mm-hmm. that I am. Yes. I'm not good and I'm not bad. I just am. Which also takes me to that place of discussing perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, perfection isn't any of those dualistic terms. Mm-hmm. To be perfect, even as your Father in Heaven is perfect, as in the New Testament, mm-hmm. it's just to be. It is to be. And I also love what you said about I am. Right? Because when we look at that phrase, we are invoking that divine decree we are invoking our divine nature so any phrase that we add after that we are invoking through our intention through our attention and the power of our voice and we know that where our attention and intention goes our energy flows the energy of creation right and when we start to think about some of these principles in life even creation well all of creation is co-creation right? We are all relating to each other. This is a relational universe. And we start to look at dualism. And anytime we start to see, well, us versus them, me or you, right? We are individuated aspects of divine consciousness of I am that I am. Mm -hmm. And yet we are all connected. And, And this is where love comes back into the conversation, because it is the universal language of humanity it is what unites us as one and you can travel to any part of the world and not speak the language but if your heart is open you you can connect with any human right Mm -hmm. through your heart through eye contact and the the bridge right of separation um, can be crossed and we can come back together from a perspective. And I think this is so important right now, as we're looking at all of the incredible chaos, right, around us in the world, and vision. And yet, because we are all connected, we all have a sense of feeling, right, this heaviness, this sense of struggle or strife that people are feeling, whether they're our neighbors or family or halfway around the world. And so the only way to come into that uh, reconnection, if you will, is through love. Because the truth is your love can heal, can transform, can create anything, right? And in this moment where we have infinite ability to be connected, just like you and I are in this simple conversation, hearts open, hearts connected, right? Wisdom being shared, but there's a frequency that comes through that. And we are co-creating something together in this moment that is really quite beautiful. And for all of your listeners that are tuning in and connecting and tapping into this energy, tapping into this love frequency, well, it becomes a tangible way that they can bring that into their own beings, their hearts, their minds, their souls, their bodies, where there is some sense of discomfort or discontent, right? Because we all have that. So really, I feel that collectively we are 
we are in this place of bringing love back into the places within us where it hasn't been, where maybe it's never existed before, or it hasn't existed for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? We do that with ancient practices. We do that with conversations like this. We do that with the oils or meditation or working through other techniques and sacred intentional practices that we can come back to ourselves, to that place of infinite connection and love that's held deep within us. We're talking with uh, Adora Winquist, and we're talking, of course, about the work that she is doing uh, and the travel that she's doing. We'll talk a little bit about her upcoming schedule as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a really a pleasure to have in studio, believe it or not, folks, uh, in studio with us, we have Adora Winquist and the soul uh, these I, 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 institute the soul institute dot co it's dot co the soul institute dot co will be linked to that website as well Beautiful. so that so that people can find out more about you you've uh, uh, you've written a few books or a book yes I've written a couple of books I'm working on my next book on the love frequency as we speak but you know it's such a joy to be here in Santa Barbara and here in California. This is where my awakening, my healing journey, my spiritual awakening happened when I was in Northern California. I had an experience with a local shaman mm -hmm. um, on the fall equinox, and it opened something inside of me that felt so familiar. And, and I feel like so many of us that when we have a sense of awakening, something that happens in our lives, we are called on a path, right? And that path of our purpose our soul purpose, right? Mm. Um, our passion and being able to connect and bring the vast wisdom that each of us has within our soul, right? And that sense of infinite love that's held within our hearts and what a gift to be able to come and be here in person with you in California and in Santa Barbara, which um, I just love. Well, we'll talk more about your, your uh, transformation uh, so many years ago. I uh, want to ask about the... The word love, which, of course, uh, it's, some would say is way overused. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it really doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's, it's been so overused that uh, it's kind of lost its meaning, so to speak. But uh, would you say that uh, there's an opposite to it in terms of the dualism we were talking about before? Or is it a place of its own, if you will, a position of its own? There is no opposite to it like love, hate, or love, fear, as, as many people like to talk about. Uh, or maybe there's another word that is, shall we say, neutral, like bliss or joy, yeah. or those kinds of things where, for example, when you're in what we like to call, especially in sports, the zone, mm -hmm. and you're just doing your thing, yeah. okay, and time just flies. What? Three hours? What? Really? I, it how feels did like, that happen? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So is, is love sort of that neutral position or is there another better word to describe it to where we would like to attain, not permanently, because staying in that place may be a wonderful thing, but you're, you sort of disconnect from the world around you and the people, the connections that you've made, the communi community that you are a part of. Yeah. Yeah, this is such a great question. And I, I love how you prefaced it by saying that that love is a word that is overused, because I believe that as a word, it is. And yet as a 
feeling, as an experience, as a healing, as a force, um, it is very much underutilized, right? So we think we have a cognitive under, uh, understanding of what love is, but the feeling of that, the feeling of of living with an open heart, of being able to take in another individual, another human soul and feel them and allow ourselves to be seen mm -hmm. and felt and understood for who we are authentically. To me, that is a beautiful expression of what love is. So love is so much more than a word. It's so much more than an act. It's a, a consciousness. It is a frequency. Uh, and is a, a the most powerful force in the universe. And because of that, there is no opposite, right? It's not one of those earlier conversations where we were told the opposite of love is fear. No, love is the strongest force in the universe. And so we are always coming back to it, depending on our level of openness, our level of receptivity, and our ability to heal from the heartache of the past. Right. And, and that is so much of the human experience, the journey and um, every step that we take in our lives, I believe, has brought us perfectly to this moment. Mm -hmm. Every breath since our first, every step we've taken since our first has brought us perfectly here and now to be able to express love in, in a way that is tangible um, because you can feel it. You can feel when someone is with you in your presence that has a heart that's open, that receives you, right? The fullness of who you are and can touch you at the level of your soul, right? It's one of the most fulfilling experiences we can have in the human journey. And you know, the, the, and the way you phrase that is, is so profound. And I've been, I have been, um, for lack of a better word, for the past 40 plus years, I've been a heretic. All right. I worked for a Christian station for 15 years back in the 80s and early 90s in the heyday of televangelism. Mm -hmm. And I was asking questions that you're not supposed to ask. And the answers that I got, they didn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you want to brand a big H on my forehead, I will wear it. I will make sure not to wear the hat and, yes. and let people see that, yeah, I'm not buying into and 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 why I'm going in this direction is because I'm 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 dealing with the concept if you will of love. Mm -hmm. And obviously uh in the New Testament of the Bible it talks about in Corinthians talks about you know what love is and it goes through this long laundry list of what love is. And I think about that in terms of the references thereof to the divine and the divine's love for us. Yeah. We were created da, 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 da. and then of course the the one phrase and God so loved the world that blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, wait a minute. God loved us so much that he would use extortion to get us to go in a particular direction. Because that's the only term I can come up with to describe what that is as it is stated uh, by others. By others. And dogma. Well, I love what you said about a heretic mm -hmm. because really in essence that word means choice yeah. and so the choice to connect with the divine is held within us there is no intermediary required mm -hmm. right and so anytime that there is dogma that's looking to coerce or control or manipulate anyone 
Well, that's not the true essence of divine connection, mm -hmm. divine love, divine communion. And the truth is that we have the power within us coming back to your earlier uh, comment about that voice. There is a voice within all of us. There's a voice within you that will always guide you on your highest path that is always connected to the source of divinity that exists within you, right? And so the more that we can tap into that voice within ourselves, the more empowered we are to live a life that is filled with love, that is filled with harmony, that is filled with abundance, that is filled with great joy. That is our birthright, right? From this human perspective. And so when we can have conversations like this, that we can invoke and inspire and spark curiosity, mm -hmm. right? For everyone that's listening to say, there is a voice within you. There is a power that is, is incredible and will uplift you in each and every moment in your life, regardless yeah. of what's happening around you. It is has always been my position, and I, I stated this uh, in a very inappropriate place, in the kitchen with my eldest sister during my mother's preparation of Thanksgiving dinner. Oh. We were having a pretty good conversation, uh, and um, she, of course, was concerned about my future well-being. Mm. And my response basically was, well, my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow because I'm, I'm still alive. I'm still living. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm experiencing. And this takes us to another, another, another step here in uh, an area of experiences. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about that. But first, I want to let you know you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan. We are here uh, with our very special guest, and uh, she is here to share with us her insights uh, as she works with individuals, with couples as well, uh, in regards to uh, the whole aspect of relationships. But I wanted to ask you about this, this other aspect that we were talking about in terms of um, uh, finding that genuine love. Um, I actually asked one of my guests, what is the difference between being in love versus loving someone? I'm in love with you versus I love you, basically. And the, the construct of being perfect or being I am, okay, means that you do express, if you will, unconditional love. It is possible to do. Uh, however, there are people who continually put conditions. They, and, and I know that you run into this, I'm sure, in relationship uh, dynamics where, yes, I love him, yes, I love her, but, and then there's this list of things that comes after the but. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not supposed to keep track all right. Now, granted, uh, you know, I was born and raised Catholic, so I was raised in that traditional uh, dogma and doctrine and so forth. Uh, and 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 uh, and of course, uh, again, the, the the scripture, the Bible and so forth. But it says in there that you were to forgive 70 times seven, 100, 400. Uh, I believe it's 449. I think I, I think I had that right. It's close to that. Yeah. It's almost 500 times you're supposed to forgive. Who, who keeps count? 
Mm. Ergo, I think that the uh, impl implication is you don't hold on to this stuff. Mm -hmm. You let it go. And people wonder why I give people the benefit of the doubt, especially in business when I've been you know, doing the work I've been doing. Oh, they, they, they undercharged you. you they, they, they should have paid you more. Or, or oh, my gosh, he, he shouldn't have done that. He just, you know, I mean, I've, had, I've had this happen. And it's like, so? You know, that's just another experience. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the, 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 the dynamics that you try to impart mm -hmm. and share with couples that isn't the stereotypical dynamic of, well, the woman is this way, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, so that whole thing. And yeah. Because it seems like we're in the 21st century. Everybody feels the need, or many people feel the need, for not equality, but equity, mm -hmm. which is different. It is different. And that everyone is a free moral agent. Mm -hmm. And that I don't make you happy. I can't. You can't. And you can't make me happy. You have to find... And by the way, I have to say that in the, in the documents of the founding of this country, where it says we have life, liberty, and happiness, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that. Life, liberty. And I find it fascinating. They say, and the pursuit. Mm -hmm. Really? Really? You mean to tell me we can pursue it, but we can never have it? Yeah. And I say, no. Because isn't because what you shared earlier is just that point. Well, I think there there's so many beautiful things to break down here, and especially about forgiveness. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But first, I want to start with love and relationships and, and sacred relationship. And I started writing a book this past year on sacred relationship, and I started to think about it with couples, right? Um, love in a couple, whether marriage, no marriage, et cetera. And I, and I started to think about, well, there's so many different ways that we love, right? And there's the love for the divine. And that's very different. Receiving celestial love is very different than receiving to your mate. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you go and ask a number of people about sacred relationship and what they consider to be a sacred relationship and who is it within your life is it your spouse, your mate, your child, your parent, um, the typically the very last sacred relationship that people think of is the one with themselves. And this is so important because our relationship with ourselves models every single relationship we have in our lives, whether it's with our mate or our colleagues or our bank account, right, or our health and vitality. So I want to start here because, you know, when we start to dive into our relationships and say, well, you know, I've been this person for so long or I, I'm still looking for the one I've had many different relationships and, and each one seems very similar, but the face of the individual is different, right? Well, what do we start looking at? We start looking at patterns. And this is so important because it is the patterns within it, within us. It is the places that we act and react from that we have to come into a state of understanding before we can change, before our relationship can be different with any other individual right? Whether it's our spouse or mate or our colleagues. Mm -hmm. And so we start to look at how we care for ourselves, how we love ourselves, how we talk to ourselves, right? Are we kind and loving with our habits, 
right? Of uh, everything from nourishment, exercise, emotions. Do we allow our emotions to be present or do we push them away? Mm -hmm. And the pattern piece is so important because it is our early childhood dynamics from our family of origin and how love was given and received and shared, um, how, how relationships were identified, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of gender, regardless of responsibility, but just in caring and compassion. And so when we start to look at ourselves in our current relationships, and then look back to the origin of our patterns, we start to really get a map of why we are the way we are. And yeah. once we have that, that's when we can change. That's when we can understand that forgiveness, whether you are coming to it from a religious or a spiritual perspective, is really about forgiving ourselves first. Yeah. I, I have promoted that for years. Uh, we promote, of course, uh, the, the idea, not just the idea, the concept, if you will, the practice, of um, uh, participating in what we started out calling it the year, the year of perfect vision, 2020. Mm -hmm. And then as we hit 2021, it was the decade of perfect vision where we encourage people to go within mm -hmm. to that quiet, peaceful, calm, still place and listen to that still small voice. Yeah. Or at the very least, just be quiet, just be still, just be be perfect. Be perfect right there. You're perfect. You are enough, as it were. Yeah. And our lives in the 21st century are such that sometimes that is not an easy thing to find. And one of my guests did say, even if it's just for 60 seconds, mm -hmm. just for one minute. As a matter of fact, you could pull off into the old Walmart or Target parking lot park the car, just sit there, engine running, AC, whatever, and put it in neutral or put it in, <laughs> put it in park yeah. and close your eyes for just 60 seconds. Nothing more. Now, the one beautiful thing, and I'm sure you've experienced this when listening to that still small voice, is that it gets more like second nature mm. as you move forward through your life from day to day where you don't have to ask, okay, which way do I go? What do I do now? It's like the impression is right there. Yeah. Matter of fact, somebody told me because I talk to my dad a lot more now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I don't hear my sister as much as I did after her passing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the guest made the comment, which I thought was funny, but I get it. I understand it. Said, Richard, you need to listen faster. You need to listen faster. <laughs> Because by the time you get three words out of your question or, or comment, they've already given you the answer, mm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, how about you? How, how, how did you develop that intuitive ability within yourself? Yeah, so this is a, a great question because when I was young, I spent so much time in nature. Um, I felt the most sense of solace and comfort out with the flowers and the snails and the crayfish in the stream. Um, it was much more peaceful than being inside my home, right, with, with my family, because there was a great sense of dissonance, right, and dysfunction there. 
And so um, I felt I could hear the trees and the water mm -hmm. and the flowers. And so that connection started very, very early. Uh, and then we, we all grow, we develop. And uh, it was a little bit later um, when I was diagnosed with endometriosis, I was probably about uh, 20 years old um, and I was quite sick. In fact, they wanted to do a hysterectomy at 21 and I knew that I was to have two children. Mm -hmm. So I said, no. And I said, I've really, really got to take control of this. But one of the, the profound experiences that happened is during this time that I was quite ill and I had an adhesion to my stomach. So eating was very difficult and, um, and the pain was uh, at times intolerable. And yet even with the, through that suffering, there was a voice that was soft, but powerful that told me that everything was going to be all right, that I was going to make it through that in moments when I wasn't sure myself. And so that voice was such a sense of comfort and solace and strength. And so it, it became this desire within me, how can I cultivate this connection? How can I find this sense of strength and this sense of empowerment that is within me um, in these moments that are so difficult? And how can I build on that? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that very much became my journey of healing and my journey of exploring many of these different modalities of vibrational medicine. And, and at that time in particular, in the mid nineties, we didn't have all of the modalities that we do now. We oh. weren't aware of that, mm -hmm. but I went and I had my first Reiki attunement. And after that, I started seeing these colors around people. And I thought, well, this is absolutely incredible. And then I could see how the colors would change based on the person's emotion. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, this is really interesting. I want to know more. So I started to study or experience more work on individuals. But more than that, I was really so curious about myself because the, the sense of um, being ill, the sense of uh, the anxiety and depression that I had experienced since I was so young was um, impossible to carry within me mm. any longer. Mm. And so finding relief from the energy healing and then finding essential oils and like, oh my goodness, what a, what a miracle because they came to me first through herbs at a time where I had such um, a chronic bronchitis that I would get twice a year from allergies. But at this time I didn't have money to go to the doctor. I didn't have health insurance. So I found herbs through, I think a recommendation. I went and bought a book, five different herbs. Um, I made a tea that recipe is so powerful. It's in my DNA book for anyone. Uh, I think it's even on our blog uh, because it's such a potent respiratory tonic, but I was amazed by how quickly I healed. So then I found essential oils and I thought, well, what would happen if I combine them together? If I combine the vibration and the energy of Reiki and these forms of energy medicine with the essential oils and to see how malleable they were to shift through intention and become the exact medicine that I needed in the moment to heal and awaken and transform. So it became second nature to me to 
to foster that voice of intuition because when I would go and make formula, I would hear five drops of this oil, seven drops of this. And, and then everything really started from that point. And of course, I built a, a number and, and still building businesses around um, these very early passions that came from such tremendous healing in my own life. The soulinstitute.co is the website. We're talking with uh, Adora Winquist, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a pleasure to have her uh, in studio with us, and that is Adora Winquist. And uh, we're talking about a number of different things, including um, a beautiful California tour that you are on, starting with Santa Barbara. Now, when folks hear this, uh, it will have probably gone by, but nonetheless, you're starting here in Santa Barbara. You're going to various different communities, I believe, uh, Ojai. Um, am I correct? Santa Monica? Let's see. Um, Ojai on Saturday and right here in Santa Barbara at mm-hmm. Yoga Soup, which will be a beautiful program. And then we have two exclusive events in the Santa Monica Mountains. Yeah. And then to Studio City for another event here. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. And uh, I'm sure that it won't end there. I'm sure that uh, there's more down the road as well. Yes, much more to come in August. Absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to maybe to having you back on the program to talk about your, your sojourn in that regard. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this, the latest book that yes. you have. Okay. So the, my first book, which is the one I just referenced with the formula for that respiratory tea, I'll mm-hmm. just share. Mm-hmm. It's Detox, Nourish, Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy and Love. Mm-hmm. And it's really a guidebook to healing, to transforming places of trauma that we have at the DNA level. So really bringing in that generational piece of healing through our ancestry, because, you know, as you know, there are so many belief systems that are carried through our lineage. And so we come into this life and start to go, why does this pattern keep showing up? right? In my relationships or my banking. Yeah, that's and then we start to right now. <laughs> yeah. So then we start to look back and see how it's been carried through, which, which can be absolutely overwhelming at times. And at the same time, we are these incredible walking miracles, because if you think about, think about the trillions of cells that are in your body, mm-hmm. right? And how each cell has this infinite intelligence. It has intelligence from every experience you've had since the moment of conception, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And if that isn't enough of a miracle, every experience that your mother has had and your father Mm -hmm. has had from all of those perspectives held within you, and then on and on and on generationally. So we start to see, right, there are so many, um, so many blessings that have come through our ancestry and lineage, and also so many opportunities for us to bring the power that is within us, right? Mm-hmm. Unlocking the power that is held within the, in our DNA to be able to transform and um, and liberate ourselves for some of, from some of these patterns that no longer serve us, right? And I know that we can we can all have a story of what that is. Yeah. Um, mine in particular, there were patterns around addiction. There were patterns around um, withholding of love. 
of worthiness, right? And I come from an Irish Catholic upbringing. So everything around the Irish heritage, around lack and not having enough and how you have to work hard to prove your worth. Right? So I'm sure many of your listeners can identify with these or a little light bulbs going off saying, oh, but you know, I can see how this pattern was carried through my heritage. So the DNA book, uh, not only goes into those patterns, but how we can transform and liberate ourselves from them, how we can uplift ourselves with the alchemy of essential oils, of crystals, of meditation, with nutrition, with all of these wonderful sacred intentional practices where we can uh, lift ourselves from the heartache of the past or dysfunctional patterns of the past and open to an experience of life and love fully and freely. And that doesn't even take into consideration reincarnation exactly. and what we bring from lifetime to lifetime. Yes, and I and I love this too because one of the things that um, I often say is we're on this journey of healing and awakening and transforming from our soul to ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And if we look at our soul and and the journey through lifetimes. Um, sometimes that can seem really daunting. Well, how do I know about my past life experiences and what does that mean? Well, the beautiful thing is that in your early childhood treasure map, as I like to call it, when you start to look at the patterning from your family dynamics, everything is held there, even um, places of unresolved past life experience. You don't need to go back 15 lifetimes to be able to transform it. You can do that in this life. You can look back to that early childhood map, bring the light and love that is within your heart, the light and love of divine consciousness and transform that. So it becomes an incredible journey of being present, being here now, grounded, rooted in this life, right? Because it is here and now that you've chosen to be mm-hmm. and to bring all of yourself here and fulfill the purpose that only you um, can can bring to this world to the greater good of all, but first by healing and transforming yourself. And that is one of the elements that um, I find fascinating when Jesus was talking to his disciples who were marveling at, I would think, from his perspective, which is normal stuff. It's just what I do. I, I, you know, I, I can't explain it. It's just I, it's what I do. And they're going, could we learn to do that? Could you teach us this magic trick? Or, you know, really? Sure, I'll teach you whatever you want to know. But let me tell you, you think this is something? <laughs> Yeah, you'll do these works, but you'll do greater. And I do believe that the greater works is what you just said. Transforming our lives. Because the beautiful thing is that the work that you are doing in your healing journey is not just benefiting you. It's benefiting everyone around you. It's benefiting and liberating your lineage from the past. And you are creating a completely future right with greater love with greater vitality with greater harmony with greater connection to that source of divinity that is held within you Mm -hmm. so the truth is miracles aren't just for avatars 
nor for all of us when we can open and allow to invite in the presence of the wonderful spiritual forces of benevolence that surround us in each and every moment, right? But we have free will. Mm-hmm. So we have to invite it in if we want to experience the miracle. Yeah. And so this is so important because it's not just I have to, I can sit back and it's going to be given to me on a silver platter. No, it is a relational universe. It is a co-creational universe. It is the invitation of this dance, this communion, this connection, and this love that is between us, just like it is right now between you and I. Mm-hmm. I and, and I have to say that that it's, to me, it is uh, uh, something that... As I'm driving around or walking, uh, whether it's along the beach or otherwise, and and I I think about these kinds of things, I don't want to say constantly, but hopefully um, when I'm away from the stuff that I do, okay, that I love doing. I mean, I absolutely, my father said, find a job you love doing because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Well, I was lucky that at the age of uh, 19, boom, I was in the right place at the right time and I've loved it ever since, you know, and uh, and yet I think about these these concepts, these constructs, these these um, elements of the immortal part of me. Mm-hmm. I was going to say of us, but you know, I can only speak for myself. The immortal part of me, because there is an immortal part, and yet I think back because we were just a moment ago talking about reincarnation. And I know that there are a lot of people who go through therapy, uh, you know, reincarnation or regression therapy, and they're these monumental individuals through history. <laughs> uh, I went through a life between lives uh, hypnotherapy session. Yeah. I was a farmer in the, uh, you know, on the plains, uh, you know, or, or I should say uh, I was a farmer um, on the uh, um, uh, maybe it was in uh, uh, the area of Colorado where I had a cabin up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And um, I lost the farm. The farm burned and everything went up, And uh, it, which happens, you know. It, no big, you know, I wasn't upset. It, you know, it is what it is. And so I go up to, to the cabin, and I'm having my time up there. And one day I walk outside the, the cabin out onto the porch, and I sit down in the chair, put my feet up on the rail, and I just say, oh, it's a good life. And I left. I just left. How I knew to do that, I don't know. And I remember the stories they've been telling me about my father and his passing. And they would encourage him, even in his unconscious state, that it's okay that Jeanette, my eldest, his eldest daughter, um, he, you know, she's there waiting. And all you have to do is call out to her and she'll come get you. And she'll bring you through. And there are others that, were, that are waiting there for you too. Your mother and father and your sisters and brothers and so on and so forth. And I just thought that was so cool, mm-hmm. you know. Beautiful. I wanted to say things like that to him. I even wanted to ask him at one point when he was uh, not just conscious, but he was very lucid, you know, I mean, my, weeks before. I always wanted to ask him, what gets you up out of bed in the morning, Dad? But ever since the passing of my sister, I knew that he didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. He just didn't. And um, I remember asking my sister a similar question, are you ready? And she gave me one of those beautiful yes and no answers. Mm. No, because of her husband, didn't want to leave him behind with all the stuff to take care of. But yes, I'm ready. I'm at peace. I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how we can 
I, I don't want to say make sense of, because that implies that our ego and our intellect can process and, okay, I'm good. Yeah. But maybe our soul, so to speak, mm. can at least accept the process, not so much the reality, but the process that this is just... This is just part of the experience that we came here to have. Yes. I love this conversation because the, the moment of death is as much of a gift as the moment of birth. And we have this incredible journey in between that is so fleeting, even though it doesn't seem that way. And, and this became so clear to me. I was about 15 years old. My grandmother lived with us. She had cancer and my grandfather had passed away and, and, and it was very difficult for her. She couldn't be on her own and she was quite sick. And, you know, at 15, I was a teenager, you know, I was cranky. I was judgmental. I was really quite wretched no. uh, uh, much of the time. <laughs> and yet during her process of dying, a hospice came in and they were, they were incredible with her. And so I started to see the nature of life a little bit more differently. I started to have a different perspective on this angst mm -hmm. that I was feeling, you know, frustrated about things that really, truly weren't that new. And um, at the end of her life, I had the beautiful opportunity to be with her one on one. And I remember stroking her hair and um, just saying to her, it's OK for you to go. You've lived a beautiful, long life, and it's time. It's okay to look. That's what they said to him. That's too. what I said to her, and she went yeah. in that moment. Oh wow! Oh wow! And it it was such a oh, profound oh, experience. Yeah, it, that was the permission that she was waiting for on some level, and so you know this had such a tremendous impact. And and later I went and worked with hospice patients with. At, energy healing and essential oils in South Florida and uh, really got to give back from that experience I had sharing the gift of her death. Mm -hmm. So so when we think about, oh, you know, my, the process of my life and, and no, it is not infinite, right? There is some point that we will start to go around the circle, if you will, the mm -hmm. circle of life the mm -hmm. other way. And Oftentimes, it's towards the end of life where we start to ask ourselves those really significant questions. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? Did I get all that I came for? Mm. Right. And, and this is a real this is a real big one. And have I not have I succeeded? Right. That's not the question. Mm -hmm. It's am I fulfilled? Have I really got at the soul level what okay. I've come for? And so this is a question that we can ask ourselves much earlier in life. And, and I, I have such an invitation, right, to all of your listeners in this, because at some point you all will ask yourself that question. But it is this moment you have to carpe diem, right, to seize this moment, the power that is within it, and to transform the places within you where you feel like you can't for whatever the can't is. Because the truth is you can. Your life is meant to be filled with joy, mm -hmm. with delight, with pleasure, and with harmony, with abundance, and the depth of love and meaning 
or relationships that you long for, but you don't have to wait for that, right? Seize the moment right now and start to take the steps to become the change that you wish to see in your life. Because at some point, if you don't... And it isn't dependent on someone else. These are things that you can achieve on your own. Now, that isn't to say that people such as yourself, Adora, aren't there to help to facilitate. True. Okay. We all need allies. Exactly. Yeah. A network. I, I, I strongly recommend uh, quite regularly yeah. to people, get yourself a network, yeah. okay, of people, a community. A community. Yeah. A community of people. A community of like-minded individuals. Yes. When yes. we come together in community like that, it is sacred. And when we come together, we grow together. Mm-hmm. Our transformation, our awakening, our upliftment is increased exponentially, right? Because that is the power of community. Because a piece that I have, that I'm working through, is also a piece in some capacity that you hold within you as well. You know, there, there are a couple of, um, I don't know what, what to call them, not wise sayings necessarily, but just phrases like uh, sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me not true not true not true and then my favorite is you can't change other people yeah not true but here's the here's the here's the uh, catch you can't change other people intentionally if you change yourself you will change everything around you exactly. i love it we're so on the same wavelength. Yeah. I love our conversation today, Richard. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And I thank you for uh, for joining us here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. We're here with Adora Winquist. Winquist, that's right. I had it right. Uh, and we're talking about, of course, her institute, The Soul Institute. And it's thesoulinstitute.co, which we will be linked to. Uh, real quickly, tell us about your other books that you have available uh, through your website and I'm sure through Amazon as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So um, we have the Adora Frequency. And this is a wonderful workbook that teaches these principles on self-love. Um, and I started with a little bit of a story because my birth name is not Adora, it is Dorothy. And uh, so the, the name Adora came to me when I was in healing school at the Barbara Brennan School of Healing about 20 some years ago. And I went to the school because I thought, I am going to develop more skills for my healing that I had already had. And I thought, well, this will be really wonderful. I get to the first year, first week of residency training, and we are dropped into this deep place of hypnosis into some core level trauma. And of course, the program spent four years going through your core trauma because the idea is to only take your clients, your students, as far as you want in your own healing journey. So you can imagine it, it was a bit of a shock to me, right, to really go into this depth of the transformational journey. And so I was sitting out on the beach after a big day of emotional process and release with a new group of friends. And the group said, oh, we, we think your name, Dora, is really great. I like it, but I feel like it should be Adora. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that name. Sounds really interesting. I'll consider it. Well, flash forward to later that day after more emotional processing and release, same beach, different group of friends, same conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, this is a message from spirit. Um, and so Adora, I took that name on and 
later built a business, a brand around that that became a, uh, the first national aromatherapy brand to have energetically infused uh, products for the chakras and energy clearing um, in the US, which is a, a wonderful journey. But even more than that, it became clear to me that Adora is really a flow state of consciousness. Adora came to me as a healer at this time in my life where I was really diving deep into some of my own core trauma. Mm -hmm. And so Adora, as this teaching energy, this flow state, teaches us to come back into the heart. Now, the name Adora in Italian and Spanish means adoration. It means honoring, and it means the beloved. So the Adora frequency and this love frequency is really about coming into our heart space to learn how to honor and adore ourselves as the beloved, that which we have sought outside of ourselves for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And when we do this, then our heart becomes our glowing sun, our true north, right? That GPS that guides us on a path of harmony, of aligning our mind, our heart, and our soul to live our true passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. so, um, so this book has a lot of the core principles of the Love Frequency program, which will be a longer book that comes out next year, but it's really on this journey and path of self-love, right? Mm -hmm. Because how can, we, how can we stay in our heart with our heart open if we're carrying the pain and heartache of the past? Right. And this is where we all need allies on the journey to support our healing, our awakening, our liberation from the places of betrayal and grief, right? And distortion, sadness, disappointment. Right. Disappointment is something we don't often talk about, but it is uh, an incredible um, uh, heaviness that we carry because when we experience disappointment again and again and again, even small disappointment becomes compacted and compounded and a magnet for further experiences that disappoint us. So when we can come into the practices that are in the frequency book on self-love and using essential oils via integration to format our neural pathways to have a more harmonious expectation of love, well, then that really uh, brings such greater well-being right into our lives. More and more questions keep coming, and yet the time also keeps going. Uh, and uh, we we uh, would love to continue this conversation, and we will in another in another program. Uh, you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and uh, we are here with Adora Winquist, and we're talking about the work that she does through the Institute, the Soul institute.co.co. And um, it's really been a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I look forward to, uh, as of this conversation, I should say, uh, to uh, working with you uh, at uh, the Yoga Soup location uh, at the end of April, the final day of April 2023. But we'll have you back again to continue this conversation, uh, as well as to talk about the the other books that you've got and the other materials that you have available and the and the work that people can do uh, through your facilitation, if you will. Maybe we could even use the word mentoring, that kind of thing. Uh, we really do thank you for spending some time with us here today. Oh, it's been such a joy. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. I do have Can't three. Come back. 
I, I you're absolutely going to come back. I guarantee you. Um, I have three final questions that I ask every one of my guests oh, at the okay. end of the program, and we've been doing that for um, over fi- almost fifteen years. And uh, I'll ask you those questions. But first, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. To help make your dreams come true, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and our special edition of Tell Me Your Story at 9 a.m. on Wednesdays, where we're streaming live at all those times at richarddugan.com. We are podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And you can watch these videos on YouTube. That's right. We have a channel on YouTube that you can uh, see and hear our guests and uh, find out more about the work that they do. So please uh, select the notify button on either the podcast or videocast so that you'll know when I post a new conversation. We also ask that if you can financially support us, we would greatly appreciate that. We thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have and those who will. We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And so when you go to PayPal and you want to send us a contribution or some support, all you have to do is put in my email address. It's richard at richarddugan.com. That is to whom they will disperse the funds to. And also, please participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. We ask you to spend some time. I have been uh, delinquent in uh, not doing that. I've allowed uh, a lot of the world stuff to kind of infiltrate. And I'm going to, I am going to make the time. I'm going to take the time uh, to, to do just that. If I have to, and I've never done this before, if I have to rent a kayak, and row out to the islands. Yeah, I know it's 23 miles, and I've never done it before, and my arms will be really tired. But boy, will that give me some time with the still small voice. Won't that be fun? <laughs> so, please take the time to do so. With all of that being said, now we go to our final three questions for our very special guest here on the program. And our first question is, who is Adora Winquist? Hmm. Adora Winquist is a visionary, a sovereign being, and an embodiment of love. What is your life's purpose? To evolve consciousness of humanity through the frequency of love. And what was your best day? Mm, Today. Again, I thank you so much, Adora, for joining us here on the program. It's really been a pleasure, and we do look forward to having you back to continue our conversation. Thank you so much. What a joy to be with you. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, three things you'll hear me say in 2023. Love to Lal, Jeanette. I am still listening, and I'm listening faster. And Dad, be happy.